The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at TNTradio.live. In 1620, the Pilgrim Fathers and the Mayflower set sail from Plymouth to explore the New World. More than 400 years later, Darren from Plymouth explores today's New World. Darren from Plymouth is D.D. Denslow, and he's digging deeper on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. Yes, you're with me, D.D. Denslow, for a Sunday episode of Digging Deeper. Uh, and I should have a, a very interesting show coming up. Very, very much an international theme going on. Very much some geopolitics going to be discussed. And first up, and he's in the studio right now, looking very, very smart with his yellow tie on, is David English. He's a former journalist at the Epoch Times uh, and a former anchor of NDDT UK News. And actually... Uh, uh, me and David spoke about three and a half years ago uh, about the Uyghurs uh, in China and the concentration camps uh, in China. David is a dab hand on all things Chinese. Uh, and so we will be talking about what's going on uh, in that part of the world with Taiwan and for the potential of conflict with the CCP. And then joining me uh, at uh, 1 p.m., I have got returning guest Sarah from DD Geopolitics. Uh, DD Geopolitics is a prominent Telegram channel in the English speaking realm, uh, providing extensive coverage of geopolitical affairs and global conflict news. Uh, and Sarah will be joining me to discuss things, all things Russia, Ukraine, what's going on in the Middle East, Yemen, what's happening with the British Navy uh, and HMS Banger? Uh, was she being driven by uh, one of those new female captains? I don't know, but it did have a bit of a crash. So maybe we will talk about that. Uh, before I carry on and do anything, and I forgot to do this last week and I was very very disappointed with myself I want to give a big shout out a big massive TNT shout out to Kieran uh, all the way over in Ireland Kieran is uh, one of our biggest fans um, he wears all the TNT clobber uh, Kieran thanks ever so much for listening you are a super fan uh, and I hope you stay with me uh, and David and Sarah and the rest of the TNT crew uh, for the rest of the today's show and for the rest of the week and for the rest of the year. So big shout out to Kieran. Uh, my, my little ditty before I go to Dave uh, in, in just a few moments is about the Thought Police because there is a video doing the rounds on social media at the moment. It has a British police officer uh, and she, he is being filmed uh, by um, a member of the public, a lady, and he is questioning why she is standing outside an abortion clinic. He asks her, are you protesting? She answers, no. Are you here praying for the lives of unborn children? She says, no. Can you pray anywhere else? He asks her, because he, she informs him, I am just stood here silently thinking to myself. This conversation goes on. She explains how she has been acquitted by the court on two occasions because of praying silently outside an abortion clinic, something that she has every right to do. And regardless, this police officer still continued with his line of questioning, continued to pursue her about exactly what she was doing there and what she was thinking and then issued her um, a fixed 
penalty notice, a charge. I don't know how much that would have been. I would suspect that about £60 or £120 is normally uh, the, the price tag on uh, police charges like this. What's happened to us? What's happened to us in the UK where I can't stand on a corner somewhere, minding my own business, and a police officer comes up to me and asks me, sir, I think you've had too much to think. This is by very definition Orwellian, and we have to worry with the transhumanist agenda, uh, you know, microchips in the brains, uh, and AI able to analyze our every nuance, our every uh, digital uh, footprint that we leave online and understand our, and predict our behaviors. We have to be concerned. Are we not entering into a world that's very much uh, minority report-esque? If anyone has seen uh, that Tom Cruise film in which crimes are predicted in the future before they happen. And I know a country that's definitely on its path uh, down that route and that would be china so uh david uh how are you my friend uh thanks ever so much for, for thanks for coming on the show to talk to me it's been about three and a half years since we had that conversation about the uh, concentration yeah. camps of china uh, could you please introduce yourself to the audience uh, and then we'll take it from there my friend so my name is david english um i am a former journalist at the uk epoch times very briefly um and then i moved over to the tv station um where i was a news anchor for um probably about a year i went down to help build build the station um i worked at the initial stages of the british thought leaders um program with lee hall um and then i came back to newcastle um so that's pretty much me i've been I don't China's been my mastermind subject since about 2005. Um, I've kind of watched it like a hawk for a long time. I think between that and just the English culture, they're probably the two things that I know the most about. Because um, I think the Chinese culture is diametrically opposed to the English culture. Yep. Um, that that is the modern day George and the Dragon. You say it's diametrically opposed. But I'll just yeah. give you an example of something that we might expect or or, or maybe see on our on social media videos of something that's happening in China with regards to thought crime, and yet we're seeing it here in the UK. So I'll just that's not English culture. Away. No, no, that's, that's not, not the English culture. No, 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 absolutely. We should be vehemently rejecting all of that. And I think for me, the root of it all is spiritual. We've lost our spiritual foot, which means we're not able to recognize and react correctly when these things happen it's like you lose the ability of right action because the right thought isn't there um and i think we need to you know find our essence again as a culture as a people uh -huh. uh, so are, are we here in the uk sliding into this sort of communistic yes. style yep. authoritarian uh, uh leadership that we've got uh, that we see in china that we we associate with china are we seeing that now play out on the streets of the uk Absolutely. Um, England, England and Germany. There's a guy called Craig Hamilton wrote a book, um, which I have over there, um, called Hidden Hand. Um, he published it a couple of years ago. And in that, he stated that the two most infiltrated countries in the world politically and financially were Germany and England and the UK. So you can look at the responses of politicians on things in China, which if you look at the, you know, let's just take how we were educated about the Second World War why are we putting up with some of the things that are happening in China, which is a clear genocide. It's a clear overreach. And it, it is, you know, we exaggerate the things that happened during the war in terms of 
the education level, but we ignore the things which communism did, which were even worse. Um, so you can see that we should just be immediately, well, why is this happening? We fought, we fought for less than this, right? Um, so you can see that England is quite a, a captured nation. I think you only have to look at what happened when an elected, two elected leaders were rejected from the Conservative Party and what was installed was a trio of power base who all have incredibly strong links to the Chinese government. Uh-huh. Yeah, very, very worrying, but hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing the end of them. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll, be, we'll have somebody else who's uh, corrupted and complicit and controlled uh, by other entities in Starmer. Um, the Uyghurs. Uh, we had a conversation about three and a half years ago, and it was about the concentration camps uh, with the yeah. Uyghurs and uh, the way that the Chinese treated uh, the, the Falun Gong, uh, if you want to call it a religious sect, if, if, if that's what you want to describe them as. Um, is that still ongoing? Uh, why do we not hear that much about, in particular, yeah. the Uyghurs? Because I've gone and had a look this morning on Google uh, to find some news articles that I, I might be able to use or tap into as part of our conversation, and there's nothing really there recently. And I will add this. I have seen information. I don't have it to hands. I couldn't find it this morning. That suggested that it's just Western propaganda and that there aren't actually any concentration camps in China. It's just being used... Um, to uh, uh, demonize the Chinese and make them the enemy, which uh, they're, they're quite clearly are uh, in the sort of geopolitical narratives as somebody we might be going to war to uh, in the future. So what's going on with the Uyghurs, uh, David? You tell us. So a quick bit of backstory for people who don't know how we got to this point. Um, China's always had a labor camp system. Um, and round about in the 1980s, they started executing prisoners of conscience, um, but not executing them. They would put them before the firing squad. The soldiers would be told to essentially miss the vital organs. Um, so the person would be injured and then the doctors would arrive on the scene and take out the organs. And this was mainly happening for the ailing officials of the party. So there's, there's a very brave gentleman called Enver Torsi. He, he was one of the first ones to do this. And he fled China and he now speaks about this in the West quite a lot. Lovely man. Um, you then get into uh, the dissemination of the Buddhist practice Falun Gong or Falun Dafa, which is like it's like meditation, right? It's like it's yeah. like Tai Chi, yeah. But it became so popular that more people did that than were in the Chinese Communist Party. So, 1999, they start a crackdown. They arrest at least a half a million of them at any one time. Chuck them in the labor camp system. They um, they use them for organ harvesting. They use them for cheap labor force. Um, all the rest of it. This has been going on since I think since 1999. They've had roughly 100,000. Well, they've had somewhere between. 250,000 to a million transplants a year that they can't provide bodies for, right? So you go back to Mao, when Mao came into power, he said that the Cultural Revolution had to be conducted every 10 years. So every 10 years, the Chinese target 10% of the population all of the time, right? So 1999, it was Falun Gong, and that kind of continued on into the 2010s. Then they started to target the Uyghurs in, in the North. Now, because they'd already set up this incredibly efficient system, of using political religious dissidents as both the source of income when they sell the body parts and all the rest of it um and cheap labor so i i know of cases where companies companies like i'm not saying them particularly but companies like panasonic or whatever would get pick up a procurement from china the chinese police would just go out and arrest people throw them in jail and force them to make those tvs etc right so this is happening. You're getting chopsticks and things that they're made from China. They're made in the prison system. That's why they're so cheap, right? They're hijacking the normal route to labor 
with either cheap labor locally or free prison labor. You then get into the 2000s, 2010s, they start targeting Christians, uh, human rights lawyers, and they start targeting the Uyghurs. The reason they target the Uyghurs is because they cannot stand any of communism cannot stand Abrahamic faiths. So it's not just the Uyghurs. Um, there's a lot of videos online where they're knocking down mosques. They've already knocked down the Christian churches. Okay. They're, they're removing religion to replace it with the state ideology of communism, right? So they're, they're taking down normal religions, say, and replacing them with communism as the sole religious ideology. Um, they castrated, chemically castrated the men. Okay. So this is genocide. Um, they are banning their language, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when this first started, um, we already had Islamic terrorism here, right? Now, Isla Islamism and Islamism terrorism is something different. We can get into that um, that definition later. It's essentially the communist inversion of Islam, right? Um, I'd never heard anything about Uyghurs doing anything to anybody, right? Not a thing. And shortly... Uh, pretty quickly, around about 2014, 2015, 2016, the West started going, hang on, what are you doing here? And they started putting pressure on China. Well, then when all this international pressure began to be put on China, suddenly you have these supposed terrorist attacks happening by Uyghurs, right? Um, I throw a little bit of salt on that, on the veracity mm -hmm. of those reports. I'm, I'm not convinced that, that, that they were. Um, but then you could also argue that you're looking at China was committing state terrorism to an entire um, race of people. That's what it is. Communism is state terrorism. Okay, terrorism mm -hmm. comes from communism. We didn't have terrorism before communism, right? Um, so this is what has has happened there. So they did the same with Falun Dafa. When they began to ban Falun Dafa, they then staged a handful of incidents, which were eventually completely debunked. It was like, look, this, this is this is impossible. This is state propaganda. Um, and this is what they do when the international pressure applies. It affects their trade. It affects their GDP. They then stage an attack and say, look, we're justified. It's a cult. It's this. They're evil. They're terrorists. They're, they're, they're doing X, Y, and Z. But I have never seen the level of terrorism that we experience in the West coming from the Uyghurs. Now, since 2016... You got you got to understand that China's been in a war with us since twenty uh, since two thousand one. It's a twenty five year war that comes to culmination in twenty twenty six, and it's a it's a non kinetic war because they know they can't win kinetically. Okay, it's a, it's a trade war, it's a propaganda war, it's a political war, it's a financial war. Um, you get to a situation where Trump comes in and completely throws a spanner in the works. Right, they can't control him. They've been on record saying we can't control the guy. We couldn't control him. We paid Joe Biden. It's a very good investment, and we solved the Trump problem. Wink, wink. They did this after the election, right, yeah. uh, in December 2021. So they solved the Trump problem because he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing ball, but he threw a spanner in the works to their um, process of dominating the West. What they also started to do with the Western nationalist and patriot communities was infiltrate them to spread their own version of propaganda. So. A lot of like there is things online that are coming from either Chinese sympathetic Westerners or literally Chinese themselves impersonating Westerners. Okay. So you and you can pretty much tell after a while what they're supporting, where it's coming from. So they will put out a huge amount of propaganda. They'll play both sides. China will play the left and the right to get the middle. 
They're not stupid. Yeah. Talking about a, a, a culture that goes back 5,000 years, they're not They're yeah. not stupid. And they study their history. They study the tactics of all the generals and how they won. And they are playing the left and the right to occupy the middle. So a lot of this is coming from um, Chinese sources, Chinese propaganda sources. And it's picked up by very well-meaning people over here, because we we tend to judge people by our own standards, right? So we tend to judge people on honesty, fairness, integrity, because that's what we have as a culture, right? You can't. You can't judge everybody the same. Um, so this information is being pumped out into the West, and it's being parroted. And what they're tapping into is the Western narrative that, of anti-Islamism sentiment. Uh-huh. And you can see that, that they're effectively trying to get you to turn a blind eye to what is going on, which is a genocide of a people in the most egregious manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there needs to, people need to understand that. And you see them when they're knocking down the mosques and people are saying, yes, this is the right thing to actually do. And it's like, yeah, they're going to knock down the mosques and replace it with a picture of Mao. It's not the same thing. These aren't the same thing. This is not the way to deal with that. If a mm-hmm. region wants to be Islamic, let them be Islamic. Let them be that way. Okay. But Islamism, which is... Um, you know, like Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, uh, Iran, that's not Islam, that's Islamism, which is the communist infiltration. It's the communist inversion when, when they sent a load of scholars to the Soviet Union in the 50s and 60s. When they returned back to the Middle East, this is the foundation of the PLO and terrorism and the plane hijackings, et cetera, et cetera. So people need to understand that this is not, it's like the enemy of your enemy is not your friend mm-hmm. in this instance. Like it absolutely isn't because they'll use this and I guarantee if China gets in power, they're going to execute both sides. They'll get rid of the the, the right-wing patriots, as it was, and they'll like, get rid of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. The, they, all the, they want the, is communists. The, the, the useful idiots, as I'm yeah. sure that they view them yeah. as. Um, so the camps, the Uyghur camps, and so the, the information I have seen, that I do not have the hand, I have to say, uh, because I couldn't find it again this morning, that says, oh, it's all propaganda, uh, these camps don't exist. That's probably and most likely got a Chinese origin just to play the other side and also to feed yeah. into the fact that in the West, we mistrust our media completely yes. because yeah. of how much they lie, the fake news, the censorship and the propaganda. We're going to pick right up uh, where we left off after this break, uh, just in a moment. Uh, so please stay right here with us here on TNT Radio. TNT's Steve Malsberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers what, what was was the duty of the president to do. And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean... This opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website. 
thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk If you're still wearing a cloth or a surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, there are still people wearing masks. They're all out there still, still wearing their masks. That's a CCP Chinese thing as well. Uh, big shout out to uh, everybody uh, in the live chat. We've got a bumper amount of people in there today. So Mazzy, Mali, uh, We Fat Shug. Never heard of that. They probably just made that name up. Oh, we're talking about Chinese uh, and they've made that name. We Fat Shug. Uh, Fox is in there. Nige, uh, Soldier, Skippy. Uh, who else we got? Priscilla Lewis. I don't know who that is. That's a new face in the live chat. Big shout out to everybody in there. Please uh, keep your comments and your questions coming in. I will try and keep an eye on it and make sure I pass it on to David. And we were just talking about the Falun Gong and in particular, uh, the Uyghurs or the Uyghur uh, Muslim population that are in concentration camps. They're there being used as slave labor uh, and for organ harvesting. Uh, And I have read on the Epoch Times some horrific stories of these camps with massive like hospital complex and transport networks specifically designed just to move these organs around is that true yeah yeah it's huge so like you know one of the we know the camps exist because the un visit them from time to time right um they generally arrive for an inspection get put off for about a week for a fortnight and then they can visit and everyone's holding hands and making daffodil chains um it's typically what happens but there has been a lot of investigation done particularly by ethan goodman um david kilgore and david matis on this there's some excellent uh, literature out there about this and it's pretty hard to deny the evidence we're now starting to see people come forward from the regime and talk about it they typically have to give a testimony and then go into absolute lockdown hiding uh, because they'll just be executed um so it is it, it, it's quite scary because the data we have is primarily from public camps and hospitals not the military black camps and hospitals so mm-hmm. we could be looking at um numbers that are staggering like staggering in terms of 20, 30% of the total number of people that communism has killed. Um, I think just in the last sort of 20, 24, 25 years, it, it's going to absolutely devastate the world, I think, when the truth of this finally comes out. But it is incredible. And they've got it down to a fine art. Um, so 20 to 30% of the dead population uh, as a result of uh, the communists have been used for organ transplantation well i think we're looking at conservatively we 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 accept that there's at least 100 million people died from um communism since its inception um Uh in 1917 in the soviet union i'm sorry since it took power there so i think just that conservative alone i think you could be looking at somewhere between 10 and 20 million people have died since 1999 mainly fallen daffa practitioners under this uh, organ harvesting system and it has been extended to non-Falandafa practitioners as well, because the uh, is, is it just the CCP and the Chinese that benefit from them? Is it just the you know the I mean the CCP is the largest sort of individual organisation on the planet, pretty much, particularly political organisation. Is it just their members who benefit from them to keep them alive forever, or are there um, no. uh, uh, you know are there Western powers involved uh, uh, and Western money involved who are also benefiting from these organs? I I think. 
there are Western people. I would I would go so far as to say there are Western people. Like if you needed a tran if you needed a new kidney, you could go to China, and they could um, get you a new kidney at an astonishing. I mean, you got to wait like eighteen months here. They can get get you one in three weeks. Okay, and they don't they don't have historically a system of organ donation at death like we do here because they believe the body has to be intact after death, right? So it's mm -hmm. not culturally something that's there. So how are they getting all these organs, right? Um, but if that organ fails, they'll just go, come back. We'll give you another. We'll give you another. We'll give you another. We'll give you another until it works, okay? Each time, that's a person. And that person isn't executed. They figured out that they have a better success rate if they don't use anesthetic. Mm -hmm. So the first thing they do is cut the vocal cords. And then they begin to operate while the person's alive. It's really, really macabre. Um, and this is going on on an industrial scale. Now, you can see the, the UK House of Lords has been very good on this, and the UK Parliament is trying to push through all of the time legislation to prevent this. There's a very good organisation called ETAC, which is End Transplant Abuse Coalition. Um, they have worked very closely with the UK uh, politicians to try and push through legislation to prevent people from going to China for organ harvesting. I know Trump passed something in the US, um, his team were aware of this and they're really trying to push something through. Um, so it's, if you had the money, you can go and have whatever you want for free. My, one of my uncles got offered something. And when I explained to him what it was, he was his face was ashen and he was like, oh no, I, I don't want to do that. That's mm. terrible. So it, it, they're not even telling you when they're saying, oh, you can go to China and get an organ. Our own institutions aren't telling you. And in 2014, the Chinese came and advised our NHS on how to be more successful with transplants. So there's something there that's not good. And, you know, and I'm not saying the Chinese are very devious. They, they'll befriend you, you know, mm -hmm. and they'll make you think they're your best friend and they'll use a combination of either blackmail, finance or influence. And that's how they get through a lot of this stuff. And you can see when someone's saying, look, we have instances over here of um, people being murdered in order to sell their body parts for profit, we'd like to put a law through to stop that. The MP who gets up and says, no, I don't think we should, that's how you know who's being paid by who. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of move away. You said, oh, the, the West uh, or China has been at war uh, since the, the, the turn of this millennium, 2001. You, you, you chucked a date out there uh, of 2026 uh, when this comes to an end because they work in 25-year periods. Uh, we've just seen a Taiwanese election happen uh, in the last couple of weeks. It's pretty much the first major election of about 50 that's going to happen across the planet uh, in 2024. Um, uh, China said, oh, this was basically an election on war or peace. Uh, this character, Lei Ching-Ti, has won. Uh, he's the candidate that the Chinese or the CCP didn't want to win because they, they it's, it's his third successive election, and each time they're just aligning closer and closer to the West. You chuck this date, 2026 out. Are we going to see a war between the West and the East or the USA and China? And where will Taiwan fit in all of that? Will China try to go for reunification uh, before 2026? So again, backstory, uh, 1969, I think it was, uh, China had a war with Russia for te over territory in, um, in the north, and it was declared a stalemate, right? Primarily because the Chinese had more bodies, but the Russians had better technology. They realized then they could not win a kinetic war with the West, okay? We're, we're physically bigger, when uh, we do have better uh, technology even now so they began to adopt a strategy 
of other means. There was two generals, um, or it might have been more than two, retired in 2001, and their gift, their retirement gift to the nation was a 25-year war strategy of how to take over the West through trade, um, finance, politics, culture. Uh, and you can see that they, they own TikTok. They are buying into Hollywood. They're buying scripts in Hollywood. Um, they're influencing education, even in countries like Wales, uh, the Welsh education department receives money from the Chinese government. Um, you can see that they, they're peddling their influence through the West and trying to make themselves appear more sympathetic. Um, that culminates in 2026. Chinese constitution states that um, they are the greatest nation on earth. The Chinese genuinely believe that everyone else lives in a state of complete misery, that the best life and existence you can have on this planet is to be Chinese and live in China the way that they live. Uh, I call it communism with microwaves. Um, and they have, you know, from a, um, a religious political point of view, they believe it is their destiny to liberate the West. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is China promised that they would unify. This is part of their like, yes, but we're communist and we'll make everything all again. So after Taiwan, um, because Taiwan is the seat of the Chinese government, that's the true Chinese government. That's where Kang Shai-shek went um, when the communists seized power. They weren't voted in, they seized power. Mm -hmm. That's where the seat of the government went. China's always had this thing. Well, we will, the, the CCP have continuously said, we will reunite, we will reunite. So they have to do that to prove their legitimacy because it's an illegitimate government because it wasn't voted. So it's like they've stolen and they've frauded something. So they have to keep up this thing all of the time. That's the second issue. The third issue is that China is struggling. Their population is declining hugely, like hugely. So they're industrial base is dropping which means the money is dropping china lives on a society of grift that lives on a society of corrupt money backhanders etc keep everybody in line that's disappearing as well i believe they have to use some form of conflict to distract the nation okay um, i don't think they're going to have an actual war against the west but i think they will try to take taiwan which will result in protective measures reinforcing taiwan from the west um, I think it'll turn into a bit of a stalemate um, until the balance of power shifts in the United States. So I think what a lot of people don't realize, right, when you buy a Chinese TV, how long does it last? 18 months? Uh, yeah, mine's South Korean, yeah. so it's lasted quite a yeah. long time. Um, so so Chinese, Chinese goods, TVs. yeah, we know it's an idiom for poor quality, right? Uh -huh. Well, the same people are making the military technology. So 50% of it doesn't work at any one time, right? It's the same with the, the camera system. They fix one camera, another one goes off. It's rubbish because they cut corners. The whole system's founded on like, um, like cultural emptiness. There's no ethics. There's no pride in the work. It's all fast and cheap, fast and cheap. So the technology isn't, isn't great. It, it is a paper tiger. The military's conscripted. They don't even want to fight. They had a, a small border skirmish with India a couple of years ago, and they had to drive the boys up in the buses crying. Whereas the Indian has just came out and it's the, it's this weird area where they, they, they said there would be no firearms. They had a peace treaty. Okay. No firearms. Yeah, so the Chinese stones. sent their guys. Yeah. The Chinese sent their guys to the front with maces, right? Well, the Indians just called all the Sikhs to the front, didn't they? <laughs> with the scimitars. I'm like, right, go on boys. Yeah. And the Indians mm -hmm. won, you know, India mm -hmm. knows what China's about. So mm -hmm. their army's not that great. Pound for pound. It's not that great. It's just like their steel. It's like everything else. It's inferior. So I think it's a bit of a paper tiger. You've then got to look at the fact that a recent report came out about six months ago, there was a whistleblower that most of the Chinese rockets 
the because China's so impoverished, they have used the fuel inside the rockets, the, the army, uh, the generals on the bases and the soldiers have gone and tapped the fuel out of the rockets in order to cook food and fill the rockets back up with water. Okay. Really? So uh, yes. Yep. Yep. You can go and find this, right? This huh? is true. So that guy, uh, he disappeared. He was sacked and gone. Um, but also Taiwan's not easy. Taiwan's not like rocking up to Normandy, right? It's a very uninviting coastline. It's rocky, but also Taiwan have been prepared for this since 1949. So it's heavily defended and it's not easy to get on. And you can really only launch an attack probably between May and September. Okay, if it doesn't happen, then it's not going to happen. But they know they've got till November, till the US election, because whoever comes in will be tougher on China. Um, they know they've. it's like the clock is running down, right? They've got to do something this year. And they've got to try and blockade Taiwan this year. Now, the fourth reason why they want Taiwan is because of the semiconductors. Taiwan makes um, the best semiconductors for the world. So this is the global marketplace. And if you look at how China's captured trade, we don't just get hoodies and baseball caps made in China, right? Every single thing to do with that manufacturing process from the little plastic clip to the cardboard that goes in the front to the thread is handled in the locale of the factory. They've made the entire production chain there. So they they haven't just taken the car factory. They've taken the uh, the factory that makes the leather that goes around the steering wheel. They've made the rubber factory for the tires. They've made uh, the spring factory. They've took the whole lot and placed it in a vicinity to make the entire production. So the fact that Taiwan are sitting there making all of these semiconductors and China wants to dominate the entirety of world trade is like sand in the ointment that they cannot, they cannot uh, take it. They have to have it. They have to have that technology themselves. Mm -hmm. And then they can control everything. Now, this comes back to the Uyghurs. So as much as you've got the Falun Gong in the prison camps, and there's about half a million of them at any one time, they're being used for a lot of degradating slave labor, and organ harvesting, the Uyghurs are making your green technology. They're being used to fund your um, solar panels. They're being used to make your batteries. Um, and all of this, this is how you know where the, where the World Economic Forum stand. Everything that's being pushed on um, net zero, um, zero carbon, etc., is to benefit the Chinese government and their domination of industry. Okay, because they make all of the components for all of this industry. All right. Um, you can then, I mean, if you want, you can get into guys like Tony Blair, who work for the 48 Group Club, who are a fundraising organization for the Chinese government. Um, you can absolutely see where the money's coming. But the Uyghurs are being used to make your solar panels, to make your carbon neutral technology in slave labor. So this is, it's like everything kind of neatly comes back to one thing and the West is being gaslit and manipulated to downgrade not only its industrial, but its education, its military, because China cannot compete on a level playing field. It just cannot. Two questions. One about the, Uyghur, uh, the, 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 the Muslims in the concentration camps. Why do any of the other Muslim countries, Saudi Arabia or Iran or Turkey, some of the bigger players, uh, why don't they call out the Chinese for, for their behavior? Well, they're politically in bed with the Chinese. So they don't really care. These regimes don't care as much as our politicians really don't care for us. 
they really, really don't care for their own people. What they're, concerned, what they're concerned about is power. They just want money and power. Look, I, I know people who have dined with sheikhs and princes, right? And they'll tell you, Islam's for them, not for us. Mm -hmm. Okay? They don't live by that. They don't do that. I mean, you had the, the Saudi prince come in the, the other day and his, and, his, and his wife looked beautiful, but she wasn't in a hijab. She's dressed like a Western glamorous Hollywood uh -huh. um, uh -huh. bombshell. You know, it's it's like they live one way. They want the populace to live the other. It's it's a form of control. So they don't really care. Um, they, you know, the fact that the Iranian guard have a special division that are employed entirely of foreigners, whose main weapon is the hatchet. That tells you that they don't care. They really don't care about their populations. They only care when it benefits them. So they will only react when it is a strategic financial military or political benefit and it, and you know this is the problem the world over the people in power do not care for the uh -huh. common man uh -huh. it, it's disgusting yeah I, mean, yeah I mean you were just saying that and i was just thinking about our own government um you know they don't care about how you know that they, they, we've got all these rules that we have to live by here in the uk not allowed to have thought crimes not allowed to silently pray just about anywhere especially outside of abortion clinics yeah so that's for us uh, whilst they all live the high life at the top and that's the same in muslim countries and it's the same for the ccp they're nicely they're sprinkling gold on their food just because they're nice and wealthy and they can afford it and the plebs are are cooking their food on rocket fuel and replacing it with water and i do have another question but we're going to go to a break now david yeah. but when i come back i want to ask you about woke ideology uh, and the belt and road initiative and how are those two things linked so please stay right with us here on tnt radio with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea surprise 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 well it comes as no surprise to anyone i'm not surprised are you i'm sure you're not surprised that ray epps the Asian provocateur that was urging people to not only enter the capital but to oppose capital police has been sentenced to 100 hours of community service, a modest financial fine, and a year probation. People are screaming out that there's no justice in this world, and yes, congratulations, you figured it out. None of these criminals will ever be held responsible, at least on Earth. Unfortunately for them, I think that they're going to find out too late that ultimately there is accountability. We can only have faith that that is going to happen and all we can control is our own reactions. So stay frosty, patriots. Don't rise to the bait. Don't let them goad you into untoward actions. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into 
my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lime is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. This is Digging Deeper with Dee Dee Denslow on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. Yes, you're here with me, Didi Denzel. I'm talking to uh, David English uh, about China. Uh, in the break, we were talking about, you know, where does all the woke stuff come from? Is it linked to the trade initiatives that China has? Uh, and what's happening with the Chinese population? So we'll quickly just start there because you've already brought it up, David. Uh, I have an article in front of me that says that China last year lost 3 million on their population Big deal. It's barely a couple of percent. Um, what is happening to the Chinese population? It's an aging population. They've reverted from the one baby policy. Are they in a massive, massive population decline there? Yeah, I think they are. So Ch China basically, um, the CCP cannot do anything but lie. Okay, poison cannot be poison, right? You can't change it. It, it. That's what it is. It can't be anything else other than that. China is known for basically revealing about 10% of what's actually going on inside the country. If the West actually knew how close China was to collapse, they wouldn't be as worried as they are. The Chinese Communist Party has completely lost its support base. Like 400, over 400 million people have resigned from the Chinese Communist Party. So I don't think they lost 3 million. I think they lost a hell of a lot more than that. Um, and speaking to people um, I know who have good information from there, it is far more in, in orders of magnitude, far more than that. But they need to keep up the pretense to keep the Western money going in. Now, China isn't exactly making any of the Western investors lots of money. It's all on a promise of. Um, but they need to keep the money coming in. It's it's essentially a collapsing system and they're masking it with continuous investment. But China financially is probably going to crash in the next couple of years as well, I think. The population-wise and economically, well, they can't. I think I think they lost because their lockdown measures were incredibly brutal, and they probably um, lost more people due to how they handled it than anything else. Uh, I think they have um, dented their industrial capacity as a result. So I think their their production base has been damaged hugely, and I just don't think they will want the West to figure this out. So they they'll just lie and lie and lie, and they've been lying about everything since since they took power. They lied about how many people died in SARS. They died. They lied about how many people died of H one N one. That is just what they do because they need the money to keep coming in, and the West is if they get a sense that the market isn't good, they will pull back. Um, so they're very kind of. Um, adverse phobic in a sense so if the market doesn't look strong the west will just pull pull their money out and china will completely collapse if that's the case mm. uh and the other final question then that, that, that i want to discuss with you is all the woke stuff because right around the world or well, in particular in the western countries we've got this rainbow narrative we've got men becoming women uh, we've got uh, the indoctrination of our children in schools some say the grooming of our children we wonder where it's all come from because it just emerged in our culture about 2012 2013 what influence does china have 
are on these narratives which are dominant. They dominate identity politics, for example, dominates the West. Is it been a, a propaganda and information that's been fed into our systems through TikTok, through social media, through Hollywood, uh, which China has massive influence over in order to weaken and degradate the West in preparation for a future war? Yeah, so if, if your culture is morally degraded, then they won't fight. They can't fight and they don't have it in them. Um, so, and I think the walk thing, I mean, that's a huge thing because I think it ties into um, some of the abuses of the pharmaceutical industry. I think it ties into so much stuff. But the, a very good indicator is TikTok. So in China, you know, in, in the West, TikTok is full of essentially guys being idiots and girls being nude, right? Um, or it's full of people doing walk stuff, right? In China, TikTok is full of people building ships, demonstrating a one-inch punch, um, you know, making incredible things, being incredibly artistic and strong and all the rest of it. So they don't allow that in their own country, but they control TikTok and their algorithm promotes that stuff here in the West. So you can see that they're trying to degrade the West. Uh, one of the biggest traffickers of, of people and pornography in the world and drugs is the Chinese government because they know it degrades the West. This is a, an age-old tactic, okay? The best way to think about China is they looked at the East India Company and they looked at the British Empire and then they effectively said, okay, how can we make the most satanic, luciferic version of that and inject it with steroids? There's a reason why I call the Chinese government, um, the CCP, the Beast of Babylon. Okay, It is completely evil. Um, and they, they know, pound for pound, the nuclear family. And the communists figured this out. You can go and read an excellent book called The Naked Communist. The com communist communication from the 1930s said they had to target the British Empire Okay, and they had to target the Americans. They had to dismantle the family unit and they had to dismantle Christianity because they knew those two things would make Britain and America impregnable. So this is where this is coming from. Now, China don't fund things always directly. So even things like BLM, they were funded through a, an organization called Revolutionary Road, which is a Chinese front organization. You'll find that if you really dug into the doings of a lot of media editors in the West, you'll find holidays to Beijing. You'll find meals out with Chinese officials. Um, this is how they, they peddle this influence. Um, they're paying for articles. So when we worked when I worked in NTD, we could tell not only by the narrative of what they were saying, because sometimes the news organizations in the West would lift word for word from the Xinhua um, news agency, which is a government propaganda um, yeah. news agency in China, literally word for word and put it in their articles. We know by the tone of what they're writing, how they're reporting on it, they're either being paid or they're heavily influenced by the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So they've got themselves very, very much embedded in. And they know that if the West becomes weak, if you over-estrogenate the boys, then they're not going to fight. And the Westerners, we're bigger, we're stronger. Um, you look at the, you know, as a, a global population, the, the Westerners are tiny, but you look at what they've accomplished and it's absolutely huge. So who is your biggest adversary? Well, it's this tiny group of people who can absolutely take on overwhelming odds and be highly industrious highly inventive but militarily incredibly incredibly tough so this is what they're going after they have to undermine that culture and that spirit 
this leads me on to another question tinfoil hat time uh covid you talked you talked about the chinese lockdowns you talked about how sh- extreme they are we all saw that we all saw the, the pots and pans out of the uh, out of the windows especially during march 2020 that had a massive obvious influence on the west and our behavior to what was well i mean i don't think there was a pandemic i saw no evidence of a pandemic um was this again an attack on our culture here in the west knowing damn well there were people who would follow suit oh no the jeremy hunts and his sister of the world um and the vaccine that also was created on the basis of data provided by the ccp or by chinese scientists is that also an attack on white people uh, because they know that we are physically and um uh, militarily uh, a threat to them uh, and their desires was the vaccine also an attack on our own people so uh, look, there's, there's an excellent there's an excellent journalist called Michael P. Sanger who he basically documented yep. all of this in real time. Um, so anybody out there, go and find Michael P. Sanger's work. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, essentially, yes, they completely gaslit the West. Um, the whole thing was predicated on data that was done in Chinese labs that was not verified in the West. Now, everyone was holding off saying, well, look, our scientists can't verify this. They legitimized everything through Matt Hancock. Okay, Matt Hancock would get up. Now, Matt Hancock, I'm sorry, is as thick as mince. Um, And he couldn't, he didn't even know what he was reading. Um, And you even had Boris Johnson and Dominic Raab coming out and saying, well, no, he hasn't done his figures properly. You know, Um, but other governments would say, oh, well, the British health ministers got up and said XXX. So Matt Hancock was legitimizing Chinese data in the Houses of Parliament. Now, this ties into something else where we have set up a system in 2014 under Jeremy Hunt to collect DNA samples from the British public that was being shared with Google and certain Asian businessmen, right? The British are not really giving when it comes to giving away their DNA, which is, we don't like it. So they, they were underperforming until the swabs. Okay, Matt Hancock got his quarter in. It was a big fanfare. A big fanfare during COVID with the Chinese government where they presented him with an award and fawned over him and everything. I mean, Mac Hancock is a useful idiot. Um, So that was used. They're collecting the data because they're trying to find weaknesses. They're trying to find biological weaknesses. So um, do I think that the Chinese deliberately chose the vaccine to do that? Um, That's, I don't think there's, my suspicion is it was a conglomerate of people, Western and Eastern, probably based on promises of, well, if we can get society to a point where we want it, there is greater shares of wealth for all of us. I think that's probably what went on. Um, I do think they are engaged in a very sophisticated uh, war against the West that is kind of hidden and done behind closed doors. The people I have spoken to say that every element of Western society from your secret societies down to just functioning health services have all been infiltrated by the Chinese. So I think your Masons are infiltrated. I think, you know, all your secret societies have been infiltrated. Um, And I think every faction of every institution in the West has had Chinese infiltration to some degree. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, we've seen it with the Chinese spy stories in our own parliament, in the US government. We've seen it with the, the Chinese uh, police stations that I think, that, you know, there are hundreds of them dotted all around the West. Who is going to save us? Are the Chinese going to make some sort of military move uh, between now and the general election uh, in the US? Uh, and will they not be able to do it after the general election in the US if Donald Trump wins? So um, I think they can't make a military move against the West unless uh, unless they get rid of the Second Amendment in America. They've got troops in Canada. But they're constantly doing exercises on the north of the border. They're sending Chinese people across the southern border. I've now, seen, these yeah. are supposed to be economic migrants from South America. I'm not sure how the Chinese got there. You know, um, maybe, maybe the land bridge magically appeared. Um, so I don't think they can do that sort of kinetic war unless they get rid of the second. I mean, Texas alone, they're not going to get Texas. Um, so I think, no, if Trump comes in, uh, yes, I think it's game over for the Chinese government. When COVID started, China has six months worth of cash left due to Trump's tariffs. Okay, By the end of 2020, when they convinced the rest of the world to shut down, they've made their money back plus double. Now, mm -hmm. at the start of COVID, 65% of the world had China as their primary trading partner. By the end of COVID, it was 99%. There's only Britain and the United States do not have China as their primary trading partner. Okay, We are literally the last holdouts, even though it doesn't look like it, because politically we're both captured. But the people themselves, how you win, it's, I, I think you have to start with, it's the spiritual war. You've got to start there first. And because the, from that comes your culture, from that then comes your desire to fight and to push and to make change but it's got to come from the people i think the the upper class are so corrupt that i i think what happened in america after the last election which was almost a grassroots overhaul of the republican party i think the same thing needs to happen in the united kingdom we need a grassroots overhaul of our political system uh, I mean, I've, I've, I, you've seen some of the stuff that I've been putting out on social media with regards to what I think should happen here in the UK. I, I'm not sure that we can vote our way out of uh, some of our political woes here in the UK or in no. the USA. Um, let's just say the Chinese are looking at Trump and going, look, he's going to be in power in 2024. Do you think they're going to do, uh, go and attack Taiwan and try go yes. for reunification yeah. this year? And if so, that's going to happen, what, in the next six months? So, no, I mean, look, prophecies are kind of difficult because um, they quite often don't happen. But I'd say if they're going to do it, they've got to do it this year. Good when they do, though. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I love saying, look, I called this in 2016. Um, so it, I think if they're going to do it, they've got to do it this year. Um, I think by next year, Trump will immediately reinvigorate the U.S. military, like overnight. Um, and I think they'd have a hard time. Um, and he'll, he'll just send she a picture of his house and say it would be a shame if this got destroyed. Um, so I think they're looking at a completely different guy. If if he wins, then they're screwed. And I, I genuinely, so if you want to get onto like a really spiritual foot, I genuinely looking at what's happened in the arc that this guy has been on, I think it's his destiny to uh, take out the Chinese Communist Party. I genuinely do. I think the story begins and ends with this guy. Um, and I can't see anybody else doing it. And he'll do it peacefully. He'll pressure them. It's like he'll put them in a chokehold until they pass out. Uh -huh. So, uh, and to do so, what is he going to, he's going he's to go take the route of uh, more uh, uh, trade war, more sanctions, and maybe with what's going on in the Middle East, try to prevent the expansion of the Belt and Road Initiative? 
Yeah. So, the, I mean, the Belt and Road Initiative is collapsing in on itself. That's the thing, because it is essentially a debt trap and people are figuring it out and they're leaving. So you can go and look at the uh, the photograph of the members of the Belt and Road Initiative like 10, 15 years ago. And there's like 50, 60. You look at it now, and there's about 16, 16 nations involved because they've just left. It, it is a debt trap. It can't be done. It's basically set up and engineered so that you have to give the Chinese strategic land in repayment for the loan that you cannot repay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And my final question, because we're coming right to the end now, David, it's been a uh, fantastic yep. conversation, informative, and I can see there's lots of people also enjoying it in the live chat. Uh, does China actually have any major allies? And could one of them be called Russia? Because that could make a big difference, no, couldn't it? No, I I think um, Vladimir Putin just wants somebody to play football with. And I think the West was stupid in not taking him up on that offer. I think he'll go wherever he can get any help at all and we've alienated him i think if trump went went along and said let's let's play ball vard be fine mm. and th there is a prophecy that says china um china will be taken out by russia and america together well well that'll be good because then that means russia and china are on the same side and then everybody will be happy david uh thanks for coming on the show definitely will be inviting no problem, you Darren. back sometime in the near future Excellent. and for everybody else who is listening please stay right with us i've got sarah from dd geopolitics about to join me so stay here uh, on tnt radio mm -hmm.